0: what is up nation uh hope you're all well for episode 30 oh, 37 <laughs> episode 47 um we've got dougie on dougie is from um an instagram page called the golf clan um look he's, he's he's not he's not he's not instagram famous doesn't have a lot of followers but that's not the point um what he is trying to do is produce content with the right intent and that is to educate inform um or entertain people around the game of golf. He's such a purist. um, It's really good to speak with smart people who have other similar ideas um, or different ideas about the game of golf and how we can improve. So this conversation was very exploratory. Um, We looked at different ways and means by which we can make golf more relatable um, and what that looks like to the general population.
1: Yeah, we dive into what Dougie is actively doing himself with his own spare time. And uh, he's got a series going, Why Do You Golf? So we talk about that a little bit. Um, And then we also talk about uh, the nation trips that we are planning on doing the Just Jack's Golf Escapes And Dougie put some really good value onto that as well So if you've already heard what we've been saying about it It's great to hear what Dougie's got to say himself Because he's got some fantastic yeah. ideas And
0: hopefully you guys understand what it is we're trying to create for, for 2020 But less of us rambling, here's episode 47
1: Rolling fairways, rolling fairways
0: Welcome to Just Jack's
1: Just But You get four to five hours with your closest homies or people that you don't know, but at the end of them, they're almost like your family. Yeah, we just shoot shit. <laughs> we can shoot shit. We shoot shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? You guys are good guys. <laughs> Forget about it. I mean... Nine years with him, and let me tell you something. <laughs> Their first experience of the game is, bang, hitting an amazing shot. That's what can, can get someone hooked.
2: Exactly. If it was easy, we wouldn't play it. Well, I do weddings and bar mitzvahs.
1: I'm still there, scratching my bollocks in the kitchen, talking to you
2: I've found in my travels, there's amazing golf everywhere. I mean, I think that's what keeps us all coming back, right?
0: What is up, everyone? Um, welcome to Just Jack's Just Chat, episode 47. I can't believe we're on 47 already, Mickey. Um, today, we've got a guest on. Uh, he's called Dougie. Um, Dougie started an Instagram page called The Golf Clan, and that's essentially how I how I managed to come across him. Um, I think what me and Mickey have done so far is we're speaking to people who are perhaps well, more well-known on the online world um, for one reason or another. Um, but then I came across dougie's mission and the start of his mission it just really resonated we've been back and forth on dm um and he's, he's doing some really cool stuff but more at the point i think is intense awesome he's not one of these guys that's fallen in the trap of trying to produce content for likes and follows and stuff he, he's doing stuff because it's from the heart and it's actually what he's passionate about okay and i was like i want to speak to him more i want other people to listen to what he's got to say because i think he's got yeah some valuable stuff to say sweet so dougie how are we
2: I'm doing great. How are you? Very well, thank
0: you. Thank you for getting up so early. <laughs> Th- thank you for having me. Not at all, man. Um, so I guess the way we like to start these things, Dougie, is we just like to dive into the origin story of who we're speaking with, um, just to find out what your unique story is around golf. So if you could uh, give everyone your, your sort of your, your origin story, your Marvel comic story, where you're from, um, and how you got into golf, that'll be awesome. We go from there.
2: Absolutely. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. And from a young age, my dad brought me out to the driving range. And my dad is just obsessed with golf. Nice. And so that was just fun to to kind of just grow up, seeing him so passionate about the game. And, you know, remember, this is before we had all this technology with Amazon where you can get any kind of Tripod that you want. So, my dad was setting up ladders and (laughs) having things with with tape. Nice. (laughs) And making his own, you know, nets in the backyard to hit golf balls and everything. So, that's kind of how I grew up. And I didn't get to play as much golf as I had wanted to growing up because I specialized at a certain age on tennis. And tennis kind of took over all of my free time through high school, through college. Um, ended up playing at the university. And so it was only after that that I had the, t- the free time to get back into golf.
0: Awesome. And then is it, how long ago was that that you, that you picked it back up again, Tookie?
2: So right after university, I went to law school okay. and didn't have a lot of free time to play golf as well. So it was really my third year of law school. So my third year of law school... You know, there's sort of a stereotype in the U.S. You know about law school, and the last year is like three LOL. Like, it's just, you laugh because you have so much free time. Oh. <laughs> so I tried, to <laughs> I tried to take advantage of that free time my last year and dust off the clubs and get back out and play. And being in Atlanta, so that's another thing, is that I moved from Indianapolis, I moved from where I was going to, to school in Northern Indiana at Notre Dame okay. down to Atlanta, Georgia and relocated in a new city. I didn't grow up there. I didn't have a lot of connections. And so setting up golf matches was not an easy thing to do. You sort of just show up and play by yourself or you maybe get paired up with someone. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a little bit of time for me to kind of break through that. And it was only through starting an Instagram account and starting the golf clan that I felt like I had a supportive golf community. Okay. And anytime I wanted to go play, I could go play. And I was impressed immediately after starting an Instagram account by the number of people also in the area that were actively posting golf content that wanted to go out and play. So that was a lot of fun.
1: So, And it was, four, it was about four months ago, wasn't it, when you started the Instagram account? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. That's right. So is that, in, in the past four months, have you seen yourself playing way more golf now that you know there's a community surrounding you? Essentially, with having more playing partners means you're going to play
2: more, right? Exactly. So yeah. I've had more opportunities to play yeah. as much as my current job. I'm an attorney. As much as my current job allows me to play, I do play. But also, it's just the content creation side of it means that I'm always looking to kind of get to the course because I have ideas. I want to shoot a video. I want to record this or that. And so any chance that I get now, I'm going to the range. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Zach Radford mm. going to the range, trying to hit stingers, <laughs> uh, having yeah. different video ideas. Um, <laughs> Zach just came out with the how to hit stingers video. Oh, yeah. so, you I know, I'll, so. <laughs> Exactly. I'll watch that and I'll say, okay, maybe now I can hit this stinger. So it's been a lot of fun just now seeing making new opportunities to go out yeah and and record golf
0: awesome i mean it's it, it's interesting that you that you sort of found your love of the sport again after moving to atlanta where obviously the PJ championship sort of concludes the, the tour championship at east lake um have, that's right have you seen a sort of a and is there any particular explosion in the golf community in that area because of because of east lake and because of uh, the tour championship every year i'm just
2: curious yeah, I I don't know how that East Lake kind of revitalizes golf. I think it just kind of brings together the community f- for the event. Yeah, like, like people that enjoy golf, people that don't even enjoy golf will go uh, because it's a fun event, because it's a classy venue, um, because there's great food and drinks, and it's 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 a good chance to bring you know you know work friends and a lot of different companies in the area will have hospitality tents and you can kind of entertain clients and things like that so it's definitely a good opportunity to go out and and um support the local economy but it's been fun for me at least to be able to play Eastlake a few times um given that uh, I have a few connections and my company also has a a sponsorship there so that's been amazing that's been incredible uh, you know to be able to go out and play there and they're very it's a very conservative club and you know you're not supposed to kind of be on your phone too much so you sort of have to kind of put down the the instagram content a little bit when you go there but i'm pretty sure i did sneak out some recording on the putting green
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny you say that I'm, i'm a big advocate for that although i love technology obviously we're both you know trying to produce content as much as we can as well like there's something there's something sort of romantic or nostalgic about say when Obviously, the masters banned ban phones this year, right? It was just something so nice to to see a crowd actually watching the sport and not being on the phones. Yeah. So it, it's it's getting that balance right, isn't it? I think it's just it's just it's interesting because um, a lot of people might call a golf club old fashioned, for example, for not allowing phones or flat being frowned upon. Um, when actually, maybe it's maybe it's what's needed a bit more. I
2: would agree. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point, and I think. From the perspective of someone who loves photography, who loves taking videos, that's tough for me to kind of part ways with my phone. But I do think that playing with, with you know more casual golfers, a lot of times people sit in the carts just on their phones just yes. because they're used to holding their phones all day. And then that kind of disrupts from the experience of playing golf.
0: Exactly, and it, it disrupts the levels of conversation that you can have because a lot of the reason why I love golf and why I think a lot of people can benefit and gain value from it is because of the connections that you, the, the, that you make when you're playing golf, whether it be, you know, you're in a three ball and there's a single who wants to join your group and you end up having a really deep, interesting conversation with him. He then becomes a friend or whether it's just with a friend that you haven't seen in a while and you catch up, like there's not much catching up done when you're both scrolling through your feeds that you could be doing <laughs> <Yeah>. either before <laughs> or after the round. Yeah. So I, I completely do get it. It almost needs to be like an education around around sort of how and when and and sort of um, not to sort of overdo it. Um, but yeah, I, I think people need to be careful in calling golf clubs old-fashioned because I'm definitely a culprit of doing that. I do that all the time because I think most of the time they are. Yeah. Um, but when it comes right. to stuff like that, when they're just trying to preserve the the community aspect and the connection aspect, I'm all for that.
1: Mm. 100% because if we, yeah. if, we, if we take it back to the major competitions, when you do see the crowd, all of them have their phones out and it becomes a point of they might as well just watch it from the TV, because they're not watching it live, they actually watch it through their screen. And it's, and it's, it's, it's getting it's, recorded anyway, you can watch it exactly. afterwards. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, we were at, um, where, what, what were we watching the other day? I don't think it was myself and you, and you, Mitchell, but there was a video I was watching, and it was clubbing in the 90s versus clubbing in 2019. And it was honestly the contrast was insane because in the night no one had a phone because you didn't have a phone and if you did it didn't oh, have a ca- wow. it didn't have a camera on it so everybody in the crowd was having an absolute raging time <laughs> it looked amazing it looked so much fun it looked like somewhere you'd want to be and then it skipped to 2019 and it was just people with their phones out. every single oh. person in the crowd had their phone out at this DJ have you and ever I was gone, like, wow what, a, what a, like a statement
0: have you ever gone through your phone after an event like that and all the shit that you just don't <laughs> yeah, watch back it's crap. like yeah. if Like, this this one my pet hates so pet hates I'm going to go off off topic a little bit, off golf. But when I go to a fireworks display, I <laughs> do not understand why anyone wants to video fireworks. It like,
1: why? Yeah. What, why? The only, t- <laughs> the only time I've ever seen fireworks videoed interestingly is when someone does a rewind on it. So it's the way you've never been. Oh, and, able it see it. and it, it the, comes back into It comes back. That's the only interest of it. But the rest, yeah, exactly. Just look up and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. But I, I guess it always comes back to that point of community, Dougie, and it, it's something that it seems that your mission is is definitely centered around. Um, with, that, with that in mind, Dougie, have you got sort of a, an end goal for what you're doing now, or are you just sort of having fun with it, trying to grow a community and, and, and try and help people?
2: Yeah, I think at this moment, I'm I'm trying to be guided by my passion as much as possible, mm-hmm. because I work a full-time job, and... I'm using my free time to go out and record this content and edit it and share it. So it has to be fun. It has to be what I love doing most. I'm not trying to start making money at the moment. I'm just trying to enjoy connecting with people. But I'm definitely forward thinking. And one of the things that I have running on my Instagram page is this Why Do You Golf series. And that, for me, is what keeps me coming back and back and back and never kind of never feeling like this is a burden, like I'm getting tired and, and anything like that. So essentially, I ask, I ask individuals that I, I've met on Instagram where I see their accounts, whether they'd be willing to share their golf story and put their camera up and record a one-minute clip of them talking about why they play golf. Yes. And, and then I share those stories. And so I'll, I'll edit them. I'll add some, I'll add some s- subtitles in case you're watching without sound. And I'm just sharing golf stories, but it's so cool the different issues that I see, and and I see how golf is impacting different people's lives. And that for me has been so incredibly exciting, and it makes me want to continue sharing stories.
1: No, that's awesome. We are just scrolling through the, the the Instagram there, and we can see there's so many different people that you have interviewed. Uh, and I noticed a couple of people coming back from in, uh, from injury, people are saying that they're like the challenge of it. What out of everyone that you've spoken to on the on the Why Do You Golf Challenge, what's the most interesting? What's the most out there? Like that you weren't expecting?
2: Yeah. So there's an account I believe it's called Sober Golf. Okay. And there's a guy named Josh, and Josh struggled with alcoholism, right? And had panic attacks and couldn't get out of bed, and picked up a golf club, and that has sort of been the the key part in his healing process. Awesome. And I, that's pretty amazing to hear about.
0: That is amazing. I think it's something that people need to hear. The more we can share these kind of stories, uh, the more people can understand that golf's not just a one-dimensional sport for for rich white arseholes. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it's really a, a sport for everyone. Um, I think you're doing a great job in, in doing that because you're just sharing the reg- regular Joe blogs. There's no Instagram famous. There's no professional golfers in there. There's, it's, the working, it's the working golfer, which is what the sport is comprised 99% of. <laughs> You no, know, right. it's a top, well, not even, that's probably like 99.8%. So only the top 0.2% that you probably see um, who are on tour, um, web.com and PGA and European Tour and stuff. Um, so I think it's important that you share the, the benefit, benefits of the game that are experienced by the masses. Um, because that's right. because that's relatable, right? Because it's not relatable to listen to maybe Rory McIlroy talk about why he loves the game. Although it's amazing, and although I admire what he does, I admire the tour. I love the professional game. Um it's not relatable to David, thirty-seven, who's a bit overweight and not very good at golf. Yeah. What happens if he knew that you could, um, you could, you know, you could get health benefits from the game, or you could make new friends that way, or you could travel with it. There's, there's so many elements to it, um, and that's what me and Mickey are really passionate about bringing out um, in either experiences or content. Um, so, man, I, I really, really do admire that, um, that sort of that challenge that you've set out there.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I hope to continue doing it, and I hope to continue discovering you know, different reasons why people enjoy playing golf and through sharing those you can encourage people that maybe they've kind of let golf fall away side and they mm. can pick it up again.
0: And what, what about you, Dougie? Why, why do
2: you golf? I've always been enamored with the high level of difficulty. Okay. I think it starts there. <laughs> if golf were simple, it would become a little bit boring, yeah. maybe. So the fact that it is just so incredibly difficult to hit a good shot means that when you do have those those rare great shots, it, it delivers this punch of satisfaction that I think is is unmatched in other sports that I've played. It is. And it it's, it's it starts, high, starts there.
0: Such a high, isn't it? Uh, like you, you can you can be playing so badly for weeks and then turn up on the you know, turn up on the first and have a stormer. Um, that feels amazing. Or just, you're right, there's, there's nothing quite like a pure iron shot, is there, when you're just staring it down, watching it, you, know, you iron it up with a pin, it's just, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. But it's so hard to get to a level where you can do that consistently. Yeah. And not only that, once you do get to that point where you can hit good shots, it doesn't stay with you. It, it, it really humbles you, doesn't it? It's, yeah, uh, always reminds it's a very you. humbling sport, yeah.
1: yeah. So I think you're good now, do you? Nah, you're going to put a few in leg <laughs> What I can't get
0: over is how... Our oh, good friend Colin can, can scratch a golf course left and right handed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh I I that that blows my mind. Like what? Like how? It's insane. Have Did you ever you, tried you,
1: swing left handed?
2: No, like, well, no, I won't. Like, no. No, yeah, never.
1: I've only ever tried it during like a spoof on a golf thing when you spin the wheel yeah. and it lands on left handed club. When I was setting that up for a golf club once, I tried it it is not easy you almost have to like swing right-handed and come back it's, it's it's no it's impossible i don't know how he does it and he can even flip the club the wrong way and hit that that's like that's dedication to learn how to do do that that's
0: insane
2: that's no, it's amazing
0: um have, have you managed to organize your your initial lesson with him yeah
2: dougie so we're trying to set it up now and we might do it via instagram but we also might do it in person since we both live in georgia so oh, we're trying right. to work nice. out the details
0: Okay, because uh, I think yeah, I think uh, colin's in Savannah, right?
2: That's right. And you're, yeah, Al- he's you're on the
0: coast. And you're Atlanta.
2: Yeah, and I'm in in Atlanta, so it's definitely a drive. Okay. That, that one of us could make if we can set up a time.
0: Nice. I'm looking looking forward to seeing it, seeing it happen.
2: Um, and
0: another th- another point I want to sort of raise to you, Dougie, with with obviously where you're where you're living at the moment. Um, Atlanta seems to be. In inverted commas a popping sort of city at the moment there's a lot going on it's, it's very central to the hip-hop culture at the moment do you think that golf can maybe leverage off the hip-hop culture in order to promote itself
2: wow i've never thought about that but i love the idea and one thing that i've noticed is just the connection between music and golf growing and even just with people that i play more and more people are now listening to music you know playing speaker speakers on the on the course and kind of connecting to it that way so I definitely think there is potential there um, if if there can just be some kind of a bridge I'm not sure if if there are any hip-hop icons that might pick up the game and be ambassadors for the game and kind of um make that bridge i think that that's definitely potential
0: it's same i see so much potential in in in, in those two sort of uh, art forms essentially um and what you're saying about people listening to music when they're playing we have um we have the founder of Amcadi coming on uh, to the podcast later on today that will be putting out this week um and you see AmCaddy's everywhere now uh, because yes. it's it, it can almost control the vibe of your round to a certain extent yes. and it almost lets people know that you don't have to be serious all the time. Yes, it's an etiquette mm. and, and, and rightly so and it teaches you good stuff but yes, you can have your music of choice on in the, in the cart, and it does add to the round um, and you also see in Melbourne Golf as well they're doing a lot of collaborations with, um, with hip-hop stars and, 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 and sort of streetwear artists and whatnot um, so I definitely see synergies between the two and the only reason why I brought it up is because Atlanta seems to be the place to be at the moment
2: <laughs> yeah for hip-hop yeah for, for
0: hip-hop anyway yeah it's sponsorship time it's that time of the podcast uh we are delighted to have started a partnership with Amcaddy. Uh, jonathan amkadi has kindly decided to sponsor us for the next four podcasts to give the jj nation a chance to win their very own Amcaddy and bring
1: some music to the course what have they got to do to win one mickey all you've got to do guys is get yourself over to itunes whether you listen on spotify or youtube or itunes Please go over to iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes, five stars preferably, of course, if you're enjoying it. Um, And just leave a comment as well on that review, telling people as to why you're listening to it. And that is it. And we are going to pick one lucky winner from the review list. There's not many reviews there, so the chances are you've got a good chance. And we're
0: already partnered with companies that we believe in, right? Amcaddy is one of those companies. Their, their intent is pure. They want to make golf more fun, uh, more interesting, and put smiles on more people's faces. And we are absolutely all for that. So go and check Amcaddy out. Amcaddy on... I was going to say all the different socials. You know them all by now. Um, go check them out. Amazing company, amazing product. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Keep sharing this with your friends. Subscribe, like, review, blah, 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 blah. Back to the podcast. Awesome. Um, And something that we're so fond of, um, Dougie, uh, with in relation to golf, is the travel aspect. Um, We're obsessed with the fact that golf can literally take you all over the world. Um, And such a commonly known sport. Can you talk to us maybe about sort of your travel experiences, Dougie, and if it's something that um, you've benefited from?
2: Yes. So I'm glad that you brought travel up because I've been thinking about that as well. And the opportunity to to see new golf courses, but to kind of totally get away from your home environment, I think is a huge benefit. It's sort of like golf vacations. And I've been trying to seek out more opportunities to travel. And because there's, there are so many top tier golf destinations just right within the United States. I've been thinking about, you know, where can I go play next? I'm seeing this course and you know, how could I get there? Can I take a weekend and go, And I think that there's just so many benefits to the travel experience because um, golf is different based on how the grass is grown, based on the climate, based on the environment, based on the community and the city. And being able to immerse yourself in different settings and different environments like that, it's only beneficial. You know, anytime that you travel to a different state, a different country, you have a deeper appreciation for your home environment, but you also learn about a new culture. So I'm, I'm completely on board with the idea of trying to, to travel and golf.
0: No, you I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think what, what travel does is almost highlights, accentuates, um, and, and, and makes other aspects of the game uh, so much more pertinent. Um, when you talk about connection, there's nothing quite like meeting someone else from a completely different place, from another culture, yet still finding common ground to then call them a friend. Um, and you 're right, and the, 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 there 's so much variety in golf there 's obviously Lynx golf. I know the, the American golf and I actually are obsessed with the fact of coming over to to Scotland could be so different right You see Zach Radford on his travels um, the Brodie Smith and, uh, and those guys they came over fairly recently um, and they come into this you know, harsh Lynx golf um, environment yet they absolutely love it because it 's a completely different challenge um, to what they' to what they 're typically used to.
2: Yeah, and I think as far as international travel, I think more people should should have opportunities to do so, and you know, without maybe the burden of of trying to figure out how to set up those kind of trips. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it would be great to go to this country, but you know, there's ten thousand different travel companies that we could set up. You know, we could get plugged in to work with. So it's kind of overwhelming to, to know where to start.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want to sort of plug us, but that's essentially. Bit, I guess it was a natural <laughs> way. We haven't quite figured it out yet, but we're going to be launching our Just Jacks Golf Escapes, which will be the the the, the business um, in 2020. And what we were very awesome. cautious of is in Europe, what you see is a lot of um, a lot of sort of big golf travel companies like your Golf Travel or uh, Golf Travel Centre, for example, um, who do a great job, but essentially they're just buying the tea times and hotels in bulk, and they're all competing on price. Yeah. There's, no actually, there's not actually a company out there at the moment who looks after that golf experience so carefully from, from the person arriving to them leaving. Um, there's no one who actually, who actually does that yet. So we're exploring different markets. We've got different ideas um, of completely different countries that you wouldn't expect a golfing holiday to occur. And then look at the other benefits of golf, like, like being out in nature, like exercise, and then creating experiences around them within the golf trip um to further highlight it because I think people find so much commonal so much commonality in that. Yeah. Um and you're right, I think I think golf travel's a a huge a huge aspect, but when you're fa- when the typical person's faced with the I want to travel here, here and here, they don't really know how to go about it, right? They they might Google where it is and locate the nearest airport. But that's that's as far as
1: it goes a lot of the time. And then often as well, you still have to find someone who has that same, because there are so many options, to find somebody else who also wants to do the exact same option at the same time of year is often difficult within your own friend circle. So one thing that we're gonna offer is the the trip will will mold itself around hosting individuals to come and meet other people at the same time. So if you don't have a group to come with, there is gonna be like-minded people that you will become friends with by the end of that trip. Yeah. you mentioned it before, Dougie, about the actual experience of experiencing another culture. We only plan to find destinations that have culture embedded in them, history to the area and things like that, so you really experience the, the destination. Um, we're well, yeah. being
0: careful about making sure we create a, f- a phenomenal trip and, and making sure we're a brand um, that embodies every, every golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where any, any golfer, single, in a double or whatever can come. And know they're going to get an amazing an amazing trip because I think it's so important that we at least try and highlight um the fact that maybe golf isn't that snobby or at least if it is we're doing our best to eradicate it
2: yeah I'm curious as you're planning some of these trips yeah are there activities physical activities outside of golf that you might try to incorporate into them I know you're absolutely you've, you know been impressed by the surf, the surf culture and snowboarding and different kinds of yeah physical activities
0: yeah I, I find there's so much sort of synergy between um different outdoor activities and golf because at the heart of it golf is just an outdoor activity right yeah. um what so for example let, let, let's take sort of mental health for an example right we, we spoke about um someone who you'd work with doing a video who would who would uh, recover from alcoholism um using golf as, as our tool so it's fair to say that he found it therapeutic and meditative to go out and play golf so what we'll then do is, is give our customers the option to partake in a, a yoga or a, or a meditation session in the morning before they go out and play. That sort of thing. Highlighting, yes. highlighting what we know is good in the game of golf and then giving them other experiences that they can take home with them to make their, li- their, their daily lives better because I think not everyone is, is that self-aware to know why they love playing golf. Sometimes you just go out and play and that's fine, that's all going to well. But what we can perhaps do through experiences is help them realise a bit more um, around why golf is so good for them and what else they can do, um, what other activities they can do that will give the similar sort of results.
2: Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And just as you were talking about that, my mind just went to a different place, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is trying to get golf outside of the box that it's in. Yeah, I mean, people that's think it. you just you just go to the golf course for six hours, you spend all this money and you know you end up coming home frustrated blah 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 yeah (laughs) which is true a lot of the time (laughs) (laughs) what if there's a way and and i think maybe on some of your trips you can kind of experiment with some of this what if there's a way to mesh and mold golf with different outdoor activities um meaning you know you mentioned the yoga or you know finding different ways to kind of break it up um you know what if you played three holes and then you decided that you were, you would stop and you know partake in some kind of small little I don't know cultural activity if you're in a different country you know a, a local traditional um, you know song or dance you know no, just no,
0: things like that no, absolutely and it's it's I mean, we've spoken about for example with, with the a Scotland trip um, we might do nine holes in the morning then go for a hike and do whiskey tasting yeah. to really love g- it. Give, the, give that person one the experience of, of of the culture that they're in and to really sort of embody that. Um, but also just to give it a, a different element to the golf game um, and different element to to an experience um, and, or, and or a trip.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. I think that would really set your company apart from other travel golf companies.
0: Exactly. Thank you. And I mean, it's what I admire so much going back to the surf and snowball culture. It's what I admire so much about that because I think if golf can focus more on People, place, and purpose that Matt Cardis of Golf in your state always talks about. If we can focus on having conversations, oh, where'd you go? Where'd you play the best golf? Or where's where's the best links golf? Or how's the weather there? Who do I need to speak to over there? Um, like maybe a skier or snowboarder does in the village, like, oh, where, where's the best runs to, uh, to ski today? Where's the best snow? Um, you know, all, all this sort of thing. The focus is always on the people and the experiences over the other rubbish that comes with it, right? You don't talk about, snowboarders don't go to the bottom of the mountain and talk about the queues the on the ski lift, do <laughs> They talk about how amazing it was skiing down that particular run and why. And I think if golf can embody more of that culture, I think, it's going to be, I think it's going to be for the better. And that's why we're trying to speak to so many varied guests because it's what you realize, speaking to people from different backgrounds, um, you realize these things about what we can then do to, to make golf better.
2: Yeah, and I think for the golf purists out there, You know, there might be this sense of, oh, you know, we just need to leave golf as it is. And Hmm. I just want to go out and I want to play the 18 hole par 72 course with, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And that's fine. You know, there will always be golf courses out there like that. But as far as how is golf doing, you know, in the world Hmm. and are, are golf courses shutting down, is golf in trouble? you know, I think there needs to be different ways that people are introduced to the game.
1: 100%. And,
2: you know, using some of these different ideas that you're talking about, and, you know, depending on the landscape and depending on, you know, what activities might be available, you know, maybe, you know, you play a few holes and then if there's a river there, you hop in a kayak and kayak it, you know, yes. take a little yes. diversion. And then you hop back off and tee off again. You know, who might want to come then, for, for that kayaking experience, but then also get introduced to the game. So finding different ways to kind of shake up the traditional golf as we as we see it, I think that can only be good.
0: I, I agree so much with what you're saying, Doug, and It resonates so well because I I am a golf purist. I love 18 holes of championship par 72 golf. I, I really do. Um, but as a golf business that is a mission-based business, first and foremost, that's trying to increase participation, it's important that we make it as relatable as possible and create different avenues uh, An options for people to take up the sport or re-find a love for it. You know, when we talk about accessibility, ev- everyone seems to dive into the conversation about, um, you know, urban areas and the youth. I agree, that, that that's all well and good. But what about if we can, let's say, take Ron, 55 years old, who hasn't played golf in 10 years, introduce him to yoga, he becomes healthier, fitter, stronger, more flexible, and can now play golf for a further 15, where he thought his back was going to prevent him from playing again. I think there's so many ways to look at it, and it's important to be... Uh, not to be single-minded and and it's important to think of the bigger picture think outside the box that that you alluded to before
2: absolutely absolutely and I resonate as you're talking about full you know I'm completely all in on playing 18 holes you know going on a golf trip and just playing as much golf as possible but when you think about the game and you want to further the game and, and advance the game modernize the game as the world is changing you have to reach people where they are you have to find ways to say okay maybe here's this this you know nine hole course but there's all these other different activities you know maybe there's a rock climbing wall there's different things that you can do and golf is one of them and that gets people maybe to come out and play hmm. or people that do love golf might find that you know they can appreciate the game so much being outside in nature if they're actually doing things and engaging with you know the land while they're outside, and, and not just swinging the club. So finding ways to kind of do so all right. of that, I think, can heighten the appreciation um, for what for what the game is. So, so
0: true, and, and and people, we're obviously going to going to put together a very sort of hefty content plan for all these trips that we're doing. And the idea of that is, is we want people to be able to to see the likes of hiking or yoga or or kayaking or whatever next to golf, because then they in their in their minds they're going to be thinking, oh, golf's an outdoor. Activity—it's not a snobby sport for business. Although that's fact, like I'm not—I'm not dissing that. I, I love to do business on the golf course. And I think it's excellent for networking, um, and I'm by no means sort of um, hating on that um, at all. But I think we need to open people's minds to what golf can do for them. Um, and it's so much more than just an 18-hole, 72 uh, past 72 you know, business meeting.
2: Absolutely, I think breaking down the preconceived notions. And, and showing that golf can mean so many different things, especially for the youth. Uh, you know, we're competing for, for youth's time in so many ways with the smartphone, with all these different activities and apps to get people to get outside and you know, dedicate four to five hours. You know, there has to be a compelling reason. And if it's not their friends playing, then maybe it is like you're talking about, um, these different outdoor benefits where it's it's more than just golf you're coming out for the meditative benefits you're coming out for you know a little bit of you know i don't know outdoor spinning or, or yoga and mixing that in with golf um i think that there's just so many possibilities
0: yeah I, I, absolutely um I couldn't agree with you more and it, it it could end up being the sport that keeps people from scrolling all the time it could be the break the, the phone break that they need as a kid because although i i i'm all for tech i think it's amazing our, events as our society in so many different ways but it would be amazing if a kid could put his phone down for four hours and go out and connect with someone and connect with nature. It's a great opportunity for that. Um, I think that could be an interesting niche, an interesting role that golf uh, has to play moving forward. And partner with Mickey, Mickey's uh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey streams, he's a live streamer um, and he's heavy into his, into his video games in, in that community. Um, and Mickey's seen some particular sort of um, pertinent and, and opportunities within that space don't you, Mickey? You've got some ideas around how, how that could help golf. Yeah,
1: well, obviously, you know, the, nowadays the, the celebrity culture kind of shifting. It's not just film stars and things like that. It's, there's a lot of people who stream um, to, to children and they've got millions of people who follow them and they almost just, like, it's, it's they've become their own mini cults. So you'll see there's a guy called Courage JD, for example, uh, has millions of followers. If he all of a sudden started playing golf, picked up a golf club, I guarantee you like there's going to be at least five percent of his following, which are all you know very young um, who would turn to golf and at least try it um, so we've got we 've got a few ideas to try and wow. migrate the two because i I see a lot of videos on the internet of, of parents going ballistic with their kids destroying their xboxes, this sort of stuff <laughs> um, <specifically, laughs> it's, it's, yeah. so be- funny, because it? yeah, because they don 't understand that for their children unfortunately. Um, That is their social side now. They say, oh, you should go out and play in the street. Well, but then you're going to be playing by yourself and it's less (laughs) sociable because all of your friends are actually also online. Um, So it is a weird little shift that we're seeing, um, the relationship between parents and children because they are trying to get them active and social, but there's kind of like not a crossbreed to do both because all of the social activity is mostly online now. And that's, that's not a good thing so we need right. to try and bridge that and make sure that there is still physical activity that is going to be social for the children um so in, in golf could be hopefully that could be the rise of golf again because you know we are seeing a massively reduced amount of people playing golf now than there was in the 80s for example i think there's 40 percent of the people playing um so it does need a shake-up and it does need to to do something and i do think targeting the children is going to be the thing
0: yeah i mean if you if you do have an interactive golf game uh, where you are swinging a club on your, on your on your on your sort of on your vr or on your xbox or playstation yes. um at least then there's kind of a physical element to it to it and it's also a we always talk about entry points right and relatability if a kid's first experience of golf is online fantastic because that's going to then um that's going to then implore them to then try and find the real thing outside. Yeah. So I think we need to use technology um, <laughs> and use modern culture to our benefits. Not complain about it because the market is the market. It, it is how it is a lot of the time. Um, I don't think technology changes us. It just exposes our behavior, right? Like mm. people say it makes you less social. It kind of makes you more social because the nerd who had no friends at school now has loads of friends <laughs> 100%. And, that's, and that's an amazing thing yeah. but like you say maybe it's going too far the other way um and if we can use if we can use um sort of golf video games or or whatever however we see fit um as an entry point into them actually going out onto the course or asking the parents to take them to the local club well then i think that's amazing
1: it's it's about getting that balance and it, you made a really good point that actually mitchell i would never really considered um A lot of the games and the most predominant and popular games are gun games, where you you are supposed to kill the other player. (laughs) That is something you can't then go and replicate outside of your bedroom. Well, because the the Americans seem to be doing a good job (laughs) at the (laughs) moment, you end up in jail. So golf, in that sense, that's a very good point you make. Where if their first experience of something is the game, and they are then allowed to then take that activity and physically do it, that's that's something that isn't very often a thing in games. Because, like I say, it's, a fantasy world it's all, all gun time, games. Yeah. It is a fantasy world. Minecraft, you can't just build a house because it costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't just go and drive a car like you do in Need for Speed because you're going to crash it. And that's the old oh, yeah.
0: generation Grand Theft Auto, you can't go around being an absolute <laughs> exactly. yeah, rampage. Um, so that's, that's a
1: very interesting. I've never thought about it from that point of view, actually. Um, so if you can get more people playing golf video games, you will get more <clears throat> people playing golf.
0: Yeah, so instead of hating on the fact that it's not the real experience, how about we... We turn it on its head and say, "Well, that's an amazing entry point for someone to get into the game."
1: Very good point.
2: Hmm. The way that that I've been thinking about it is, it's a competition for time, and yeah. video games are, are this immersive experience. And like you're talking about now with the different online chat features, mm-hmm. you can really carry conversations with people as you're playing games. It's, it doesn't have to be this isolating experience. No. Um, no, if you're if you're playing live with people and chatting, so if we're competing with that from the golf perspective, then it has to, you have to deliver something to these kids where they go out and play it. And it's such an enthralling experience. And it's such a connected um, experience that they want to, they yearn for that over sitting down in front of their TV and hopping on chat with people. So I think that's, it's, it's a tall order, but Mm. it's definitely possible. Um, And I think that focusing on not just the outdoor benefits that we've talked about, but also the community and the social aspects of golf, bringing people together, you know, getting more kids to play the game so that, you know, there's an opportunity for, for someone to hit a good golf shot and then, you know, be around their peers and feel like, you know, they have some level of recognition. Um, I, I think that, yeah, getting more kids to, to play, but also socialize on the golf course uh would be important
0: you make such a good point there though you like really probably the best point i've heard all, all podcast about we're in a competition for time right any, any business that does well saves people time or makes it more convenient for them to do something um and i think golf needs to wake up to the fact that kids aren't going to spend four or five hours on the golf course until they're really good and it's a, it takes a long time to get good so what can we do in in the interim um and we talk about nine-hole golf facilities. I'm personally a huge fan of them because you can, you can go around on your own in about an hour. Um, but what about three-hole golf facilities, six-hole golf facilities? Um, I mean, the, the likes of Top Golf, I think they do an excellent job. That's amazing. I know kids really enjoy going to Top Golf because they've made it a game. You can actually compete in a game. Um, so I, I think we need to, I think we need to shake it up and, and look at other avenues, other physical avenues we can use, like simulators like three- to six-hole golf courses, like more top golfers, is um, a way into the sport. Otherwise, golf clubs are just going to keep shutting down, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think merging technology and golf definitely will, you know, we see this rise in VR and, and, and augmented reality and how that's shaking up the real estate business and all kinds of other businesses. And I'm just curious when that might come into this golf space.
0: Well, I think lucky for us, if I think if if you're an entrepreneur at all and you're interested in golf, you know that all that stuff. It's, if there's going to be one industry hit last, it's going to be golf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the moment, unfortunately, so they, yeah. It often gives entrepreneurs time, I think, to execute on on their ideas and beliefs because golf is still run, you know, the majority of the time by uh, by people who who perhaps don't have an appreciation for for modern business and modern culture and where it's going. Um, and tend to be stuck in the mud or stuck in the ways. We talk about these committing society-run clubs. Like, its I, I don't know how they, they're still doing it like that. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's cool, it is game. baffling, to be fair. Um, you see it all over the place, especially in the UK. I think the UK yeah, i, was, I was ask you there, it. Dougie. I, I, don't, I
0: don't know what the culture is like in America. I, I guess the the difference, I think, about our two cultures in golf is a lot of guys I speak with from the States always say they can not they can't believe how cheap it is to play because... In the UK, you can just go to a, a really good golf course and pay £25 for the round, and it's great. Or you can pay something like you go to St Andrews and you're not going to spend more than I think it's like 120 It's not going to break the bank that badly for such an amazing golf experience at the home of golf. But in America, there seems to be this, um, this sort of private sort of country club um, culture where it's so inaccessible to play. And the fees to join, uh, the fees to keep the course are just baffling. I don't know if you can talk to us a bit more about the accessibility level um, in America, Dougie, and, and w- what the difference of facilities are like. And is it too expensive to play?
2: I think that the the rates to go out and play golf they've seemed to kind of slowly climb up. And I think as courses have had a difficulty keeping open, I think at sometimes they they've not had a choice Supply but and to increase yeah, incre- yeah in- increase their greens fees to stay open and and know that people that are hooked on the game will will still pay the higher fees but i definitely think that the the cost to hit balls the cost of the equipment all of that is is prohibitive and it it's it creates barriers to people that would be considering picking up the game and then upon seeing oh if i need this set of clubs and this is how much it costs every time i play well you know i can just walk down to the park and play basketball with my friends it's it's pick up it's free it's great exercise. So, um, it doesn't take five hours. So yeah, I definitely think that the cost is one of those elements that initially stops people. Um, someone doesn't have a set of clubs and then they worry about, can I go to the range and hit balls? Are there rental clubs that will be provided for me? Hmm. Um, you know, things like that. So I think there has to be some, some shift towards thinking about persons that have not yet played golf and and how can we be more welcoming to those individuals who might be just driving down the road and they see a golf course and rather than think to themselves oh that's a place that you know only people who know how to golf go to you know how can we change that so that they're thinking oh yeah why don't we just stop we have an hour or two we're passing through um let's just stop over here and Mm. and see what see what they can do and see if they'll let us go out And I think another issue might be, you know, to people that are just beginning the game is, um, and golf courses might, might be challenged with trying to accommodate this as, you know, newcomers that might want to go out and play nine holes that have never swung a club before (laughs) and kind of deal, (laughs) dealing with that. Um, you know, it's one thing if you want to go to the range, but if you, if you don't really know how to, how to play golf, go out and play the course, um, Know, I, I think it works yeah <laughs> it, it works uh, twofold you know from the, the golf course's perspective it slows down play but um from you know other people's perspectives it might be oh you know I, i'm not good enough to go out onto the course so i'm not going to play yeah no, I,
0: I, th- I think you're right i think we need to stop being so romantic about the 18 hole traditional experience and although i love it and i although it should be loved and retained we need to look at maybe that's the end point, right? Maybe that's maybe that's what you get to. Um, how can we create iterations of golf uh, that are going to appeal to more people in the knowledge that they can then go, go on to enjoy the traditional full format of the game? Yeah. Um, because, look, I, I'm a purist as well, so it's not like easy for me to say that. Like, I would quite happily have every single person love the four or five hour round. Like that, 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 but, but I'm not the market, I'm not the mass. So you've got to be empathetic to that and, and understand that that's not what, where people's... Heads right. It's not where cultures are, um, and there's so much to be learned from that full format. But I think if we can create these, like I said, iterations, small games, urban golf. I've seen a lot of with. Um, so if you've seen Tiger Hood, um, it's a guy in in New York who hangs out on the streets and um, and plays this urban form of the game. That's picked up a lot. And it's amazing. It's, it's that. grown huge. That's <laughs> awesome. And it's it's a big part of um, Portland, Oregon as well. There's a big urban golf scene. Um, little things like that way. Like you say, Dougie, it can take 20, 30 minutes uh, and just get you into the, the practice of swinging a club and hitting a ball. Then The more, the better for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think that short courses, you know, a three-hole course could also be used as, you know, a course might have nine or 18, but there might be a dedicated kind of beginner's track where you can have a couple holes, hmm. where you can go play, no judgment. Um, there's not going to be a ton of people behind you, you know, frustrated that you're on the course. Yeah. And you can just go out for a couple holes, maybe if you're in that stage where you know you're not you're afraid of going out on the actual golf course, but you still want to get more than the range experience. Then maybe there is these you know alternative type of short courses um, that are either standalones or they partner with longer courses, where it's it's a developmental um, course that people can go out and play and take their time and not worry and, and hit a bunch of bad shots. But just have no pressure.
0: Yeah, and, and and by doing that, they're still experiencing other assets of the game that's going to make them enjoy it and get benefit from, like being outside nature, like connection. There's a uh, there's a local golf course near me that's an eight-hole course, but they've got a um, they've also got a nine-hole course. And on that nine-hole course, it's all it's a par three course, longest holes like 137 yards, and they have two flags in the green, one with a massive hole and one with a normal size hole. Uh, wow. And I think if you had those big hole par three golf courses. I think that's going to, one, it's going to make sure that you can get around quick enough. Yeah. And two, you're not going to end up, if you, it is your introduction to the game, you're not going to spend your time beating yourself up because, I mean, most people who you know can put a ball on the floor into a big hole, Yeah. it's not that difficult that side of the game. At least then they get confidence on the greens. Um, and then people then might throw up the, the sort of question of expense, oh, it's so expensive to create and run these facilities. Why they don't use artificial grass, I do not know. Artificial grass tee boxes, artificial grass greens... It's not for the purest, it's for something to get in the game, so it doesn't need to be a purest experience. And there's zero cost of maintenance. Although it might cost a lot to set up. Uh, more, than, say, more than more than seeding grass, more than laying turf. Um if you're looking at long term, ten to twenty years, there's zero cost of maintenance for for I,
1: them. hundred percent. I I I think again, that's that's a very valid point. Um and I I can weigh in as to why that's not a thing yet. And it is because as we've mm. we've discussed, you know, the three of us in this podcast, that golf as a game, the it is, you know, on to an extent still on the decline. We've still got golf clubs closing because they aren't making money, and it's because there's not enough people. I think we tackle the problem of getting more people in first, and show the golf clubs that it's worth investing because it is going to be a hefty investment. To, mm. to or, in, yeah, to, I'm, not to an to, I'm
0: not even course. saying to four G entire course,
1: but for three holes, for example.
0: I'm saying or, yeah, like if you're going to put a developmental yeah. course in there, or 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 for a, a new company you want yeah. to set up a six-hole facility, well then. You know, if they can find the money to start with, the tee cost box, of maintenance going to fair be like, greens. All these, all, is, all needs a tee box with a strip of 4G. Yeah, a green that doesn't have to be that big of 4G. Yeah, um, and then it can be a load of rough, or it can just be like mowed down grass in between. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah, it's just got to replicate what a golf experience. So essentially,
1: look like. what what we've, kind of come to the conclusion of is there needs to be that middle ground between the golf. mini golf then you've got the top golf step up there's no step up from top golf apart from a full 18 holes which like we've mm. you know we've said is a very daunting or thing to nine for holes. a new golfer between uh, top golf and nine uh, hole a full course yeah, yeah. Uh, you know yes. where you no, are you impeding on the players who are good and things like that yeah no that's yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, so for yourself, Dougie, how many golf courses do you have in your area right now? Like that is accessible for you, like that
2: you'd be willing to go to and drive to? So traffic in Atlanta is very, very bad. Okay. And that's, that's one of the things that, that golf is running up against. But I think that there's a decent amount of golf courses within, you know, a 5 to 10 mile radius. Um, even during rush hour, I could get to. Um, So I think that there's there's an okay supply, but I'm running up against if I want to play, you know, different courses, if I want to experience more than a couple, you know, public municipal courses um, driving, you know, occasionally over an hour each way to play. And that's that's a little bit difficult because most of the other courses inside the city are private
1: okay and would you see simulated golf as like an alternative to get your fix with then with the the looking forward to getting to the golf course when you have the time would that would that be like like in atlanta city for example you finish
0: work and you instead of you know rushing around fighting traffic and fumes and angry people to get to a course um you actually just go two blocks down the down down the road and and you're at a golf facility
2: you're talking about playing in Simulator. Yeah, yeah, like, a, yeah. like an would, urban golf. Would that yeah. be a viable alternative for you personally, do you think? I'm very open to that. Okay. I'm very open. I think, at least in my experience, and maybe this is just a, a personal preference, is that, you know, hitting a golf ball in a range versus hitting it into the screen, mm. I don't get quite the same satisfaction no. hitting it into the screen um, than getting that full sensation of seeing the ball and, and feeling it and all that. Yeah. But... I also have not played and played golf on simulators in quite some time. So with the the new technology and with being able to see different courses and you know maybe that would satisfy some of the golf craving that I would have.
0: Yeah, I mean, so someone like Mickey, for example, Dougie. Mickey, Mickey really loves because of his sort of gaming background. Um, his personality is geared towards like, ge is geared towards how can we make golf like a game, for example. So he <laughs> he loves like nine hole golf facilities. Um. And simulate golf's huge for you as well, Mickey, yeah. because you can
1: relate to it, can't you? Hundred percent. Yeah, I see for me it's it's more um, the the quick turnover of, of the competitive edge. So when I play nine holes or eighteen holes, for example, um, it does take quite a lot of time and and I'm I need, I need something to take my attention. Um here and now. I get distracted yeah. very easily. Um, so with simulator golf it is a case of here you hit your shot and you go sit down you can drink your beer you can have some food and then your mate is hitting the shot and you get to watch that so even when you're not hitting your own shots you're watching somebody else hit their shot that's that's what i find even if really it's just knocking down bottles that. off a wall on the simulator yeah it's there's, there's still an
0: experience to be had in terms of enjoying time with your friends that golf is tied to yeah
1: exactly and, and that also brings in the family aspect as well because i don't you don't often see uh, a golfer who takes his wife and his two children out on the course with him, because no. they may not be able to get involved. They haven't had the same it's a practice. Chore, exactly. I would,
0: if I had a wife and kids, I wouldn't take them exactly. out. Like,
1: Whereas with the a simulator, the purist of me wouldn't anyway. It's a case of, yeah. you know, your daughter and your son and your wife can all see exactly what you've just done and they can replicate that. And if they don't do it as well, there's no, no big downside. You haven't lost a golf ball. No. If anything, the simulator is gonna be quite forgiving with that. And it's still gonna show you some sort of flight plan. It's just like bowling and bowling the ball down the drains. Yes, with the sides up. It's still so fun. It gives you the sides option. Yeah.
2: Nice. I think simulators have become more popular. Okay. Um, I was reading in New York City. There's been some businesses uh, surrounding simulators that have opened up, and I think that the, some of the ingredients that would be, you know, provide for the most success would be. Jam-packed cities with not a lot of ranges or, or mm. public golf available, um, a lot of people in a dense, densely populated area, and also cold weather. If you add cold yeah. weather in, yeah, we all, all of too a sudden. Well. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you have you know eight months out of the year where people are like, man, I, I really miss hitting the golf ball. So I, I think that yeah, if you can kind of find areas like that, that there would be a strong demand for. Getting the golf fix in. I, 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 I absolutely, agree. yeah, and
0: it, it, it brings us back to the point again of relatability, right? Like, if we can find as many different ways to make golf relatable as possible, I think it's going to go a long way in in changing the stereotype and and growing the game. Um, and any purist watching, I hope you don't think that I'm bashing the pure form of the game because <laughs> I want to reiterate that I am a. I I love the. I, I love turning up, wearing smart gear, like having a breakfast and coffee in the clubhouse. Going out, playing my alien holes, and having beers afterwards, and adhering to all the correct rules and etiquette. Because I'm a purist, I love that side. But we've got to be open-minded, and, and also, um, and also, sort of uh, absorb the fact that that's not for everyone. No. But golf can still win. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I wanted to go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier sure. with these these golf trips that you're talking about. And I think that we covered the outdoor benefits and the physical being outside in nature. But I think another huge positive to these golf trips that you're talking about is that you wouldn't be dependent upon coordinating between seven of your buddies a weekend that everybody could do it. You could just sign up and trust that the company would provide provide a community of, of, of people there. And through travel and golf, um, I'd be excited to, to kind of hear about how friendships might develop um through those trips
0: it's like that is the core honestly before we even discuss anything else that that was literally at the core um of what we're talking about because i encountered the issue of not having a not not having a friend who had the same available weekends yet there wasn't a company i could go to um that could go on a golf holiday on and be put into a group of like-minded people that i was going to really enjoy i would have had to have gone like put some real legwork into like finding an online community, then finding, I you know, have, to, have to spend some time and do some digging to do it and I have to organize it myself. Um, and you know, there's plenty of holidays, general holidays, general vacations where that's the case where you can go on your own as part of a group but that hasn't filtered into golf vacations or golf trips and escapes yet. And that's what me and Mickey are really careful careful in, in doing our planning is ensuring the single can go on there and develop friendships. We're making it all about connection and experience um, and we're making sure every facet of the trip in some way incorporates that yeah um so for example we're going to be we're going to make it all-inclusive rice you don't have to spend any money on food while you're out there and everyone's going to be sat down at the table together um eating the food that's already prepared that they've already paid for i think little 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 elements like that are going to help bring out that side
2: no i think that's brilliant and i think that looking back at least in my life i've had the chance to travel for different purposes um outside of golf and you know, some might have been mission-based, um, doing research. But any time that you travel with a group of people, there's just a sense of camaraderie that yeah. you get that's unlike anything else. It's different than just showing up at the course. You play 18 and you leave. But when you throw in the travel, um, there's just a sense of adventure and a sense of being outside of your comfort zone. If you're di- in a different area, sense of you're always learning and, you know, you have time in between courses and in between you know, going checking in at the hotel and things like that. Um, there's just a sense of relating to people mm. that is completely different because you are with them um, for an extended period of time. And it's like if you spent five days, it's like it feels like you spent 50 days. Yeah, well, you
0: have it. The contact. Yeah. If you look at the contact time in, in those five days, you know, between traditional contact time and in the space for you, like a lot of contact time is going to come in that in that period. So it's going to so it's going to allow for. um that that connection that we're talking about, and I think in most people anyway, there is that yearning for adventure in a lot of people. That I think sometimes the general society, um, sort of culture, often often blocks people from exploring more because they feel like they can't, or maybe they feel that they can't afford it, or they feel like the boss is going to look down on them for taking an extra trip. There's so many different there's so many different things there. Um, but I think people look you know yearn for adventure and connection as human beings.
1: And I think when you are on such a trip. If you think, when you are going to the golf course at night time just to play, you know, 18 holes, there's four hours of your time, you still are aware that you've got your life to go back to straight afterwards. When people go on a trip, they are putting their per, their personal lives and their Great work point. and everything behind them for that week. True they are going on holiday to enjoy something brand new. And I think that is when you are so open to meeting new people because they are in the same boat. You are 100% that's you focus in on. the same Great situation. Point. You, you, yeah.
0: You're fully in escapism mode. You, yeah. Your problems are... At home, they're not. They're not with you on the trip. You're fully present. I think that's, that's why, why you're, you're present to enjoy what you do. doing. Get to know the other person.
2: Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm pumped to hear about the, this, these trips coming in, uh, in 2020. Yeah,
0: man. We'll 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 chat off air about them in, in, in some more depth. um But yeah, look, we we like to sort of keep these to to 40 minutes to an hour, Dougie. Um, so we're going to wrap up. um But look, I love jam with you. I think I think you're a purist like myself. um you're intense, amazing. I love the content that you start and produce and but more at the point, I love speaking with you because you're not posting content for a like or a view, you're posting your content to help to educate, inform or entertain, and I think that's the way that content should be treated yeah um so look, I really appreciate you taking the time and getting up early for us um honestly it, it must have been awesome no yeah, I love great, brainstorming Dougie. about golf no, it, it, it,
1: it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's clearly good for, yeah it's, it's, it's you yeah. it's it's probably been one of the more forward-thinking conversations we've had where we've actually just discussed ideas as a whole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, so thank you so much, Dougie. And yeah, the, the, so many valuable points that you've brought up for our listeners. So, so thank you.
0: Yeah, hopefully you guys listening, um, the JJ Nation can, can find some real value in what we've discussed. Um, I really hope you do. Um, just before we go, Dougie, where, where can everyone find you? What channel do you want? And, and what can we expect from you moving forward?
2: Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel that's called The Golf Clan, and on Instagram I'm at The Golf Clan, Mm -hmm. and those are the two platforms that I'm most active on, and I'm continuing to kind of put out different videos, and I think that inspired sort of, you know, by this conversation and also what I've been thinking about is is maybe next year moving towards recording more content with people where they are, so trying to set up trips where I met someone in California, I'm going to California for a weekend. To actually meet them and also, you know, record golf. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more of that next year.
0: Fantastic. I I think it's more the same from us, where we obviously we've we've managed to build a very substantial network, actually through the podcast um, of people we've spoken to. Yet we haven't been out and seen them in person yet. The only person I've actually met in person from the states was Matt Cardis. I bumped into him at Pebble Beach like completely, wow. completely randomly. I was being an absolute yob, shouting some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was shouting like, I was, I was shouting like bomb squad where, when Phil Muxson hit his drive and then I turned around and Matt was just staring at me like, oh God. <laughs> 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 so yeah, man, like, that, that's something that we're keen to do as well. So um, I don't know, whether you come to Europe or we come to Europe, I really hope we can, we, we can meet. I know Mickey's heading out to Florida for a family trip in January but Indeed. I think he's taking some time to maybe meet um,
1: Colin I've got Colin and Kusov who are potential options because I know uh, Michael's now in Florida as well and then Colin's in Savannah. G- Savannah Georgia which is very south of Georgia so it's close to Florida so yeah uh, I will get in touch with you when I'm getting my rental car sorted and uh, when, <laughs> I'm, when I'm heading up <laughs> please do yeah, I will please do that'd be
0: awesome <laughs> alright Dougie it's been a pleasure man thank you so much
1: thank you Thank, thank you, Dougie. Goodbye. bye bye Wow, that was good fun wasn't it yeah it was he was an awesome dude like literally so chilled it was great to hear someone's perspective who literally just plays golf in his spare time and then adds a social media aspect to it afterwards so the golf is the most important thing and the social media second, which yeah. is great which is yeah which is rare he's, as well.
0: he's got a pure intent um, he's a really nice guy full of ideas and he's helped us again shape what our opinions and thoughts are around golf and how we can make our business uh, what we want it to be in in 2020 um, and something Doug actually touched on Was um, music and golf uh, How more people are enjoying music when they're playing um, And how fitting Because <laughs> our next guest um, Is the founder and owner Of Amcaddy Now I'm sure you've all seen Amcaddies everywhere they're, um, they're growing fast in America you'll, you'll see them attached to nearly everyone's Buggies and bags Not so big in the UK I don't think as yet So keep your ears peeled for that Episode 48 brings you Amcaddy